are a dad of Australia, have a passion and desire for improving your health, your fitness, and love to either run, cycle, or swim, then this podcast is for you. Fit Dads Australia podcast is where we wish to provide a platform of information to the dads of Australia to help dads become healthier and fitter through the wisdom of others that we interview on this podcast. Hey guys, my name's Nathan and I'm a dad just like you listening on trying to be better for my family and for myself. I have previously been unhealthy, overweight, unfit for parts of my life and I really couldn't imagine being like that now as a father of two. So my goal is to find other like-minded dads of Australia who care about their health and well-being and have a passion in particular with endurance sports like running, cycling, or swimming. I hope you enjoy these conversations with inspirational dads of Australia, otherwise known as the Fit Dads Australia podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Fit Dads Australia podcast where I interview Greg Pearson. Greg is a Sydney-based dad with an ambition for all things running and ultra-running. Within this podcast, you will get to know Greg, learn about his professional soccer career, (laughs) sorry mate, football career, and how he manages his health, his running aspirations, all while being a father. Before I give away too much, guys, thanks for tuning in to Fit Dads. Here we go. Mate, thank you so much for coming on uh, Fit Dads Australia podcast. Welcome. Welcome to the family. This is a very, very new new family that we're trying to build here and obviously get information out there to other like-minded dads or dads that are struggling with their health and performance. So welcome. And um, I look thank forward you. to kind of running down the rabbit hole of your journey and, you know, your coaching and all that sort of stuff. So, mate, let's let's kick off and let's dive into, like, how, how did you where you are now running ultra marathons and all these different things? Oh, um, okay. Where do I, where do I start? Um, so my, my background is actually in, um, I'm from the UK. My background is actually in, uh, football back in the UK. So soccer to you guys over here. Mm-hmm. Um, I started out when I was eight years old, uh, playing football, local team. And then, I, when I was 12, I started playing, uh, an elite level for a team called Huddersfield town, uh, from 12 until I was, uh, 16 to 18 where I was a a scholar in the academy and then from there earned myself a professional contract at 18 uh, to 20 Um, and during that time always been a a fit kid in that sense in terms of um, fitness has been a massive aspect of my childhood growing up into my early adulthood etc so Mm -hmm. um, very important part of my life that I've obviously continued to to this point um during that time after after professional level sort of football didn't go in the uh in the direction that i sort of intended it to go in terms of uh, making it my long-term career uh i started at 20 years old i started playing semi-professional football while uh, going to university uh, for the next few years uh, and then i came to australia in uh, 20, well, 2017, March mm-hmm. 2017. So I've been here for quite a quite a few years now. What I would I would say, um, mm-hmm. I actually did my going moving on to sort of the the running aspect stuff. I when I came to Australia, I'd always done a lot of running uh, back in the UK because that's how I kept myself fit for um, playing football and etc. I lived in sort of the countryside area, so. Lots of hills from Yorkshire, lots of flowing hills, and uh, you know, plenty of opportunity to keep fit. And yeah. r- running, running was my method of staying fit during the off season and etc. Um, so when I came to Australia, so I had the mindset of right, I want to step away from football, seek opportunities in in other areas. Um, and I was doing a bit of traveling and stuff, and running was my form of fitness. That's where I, I got to explore different places around Australia when I was in different locations because I was running. So I'd, you know, go off from wherever I was and just run and see what I could find type of thing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so I guess, I guess being in Australia actually formed my sort of love and passion for running and endurance events because 
Sydney in particular, there's a lot going on in terms of like the running community in Sydney in particular is pretty huge, mm. um, which obviously is then inspirational and motivational because you see everybody else doing it and you want to do more of it, etc. Um, so that obviously fuels what I what I want to do. Um, my first marathon was actually in Edinburgh in 2016. Mm-hmm. And now at the time I was actually, um, I was in my final year at university at that point. So I, I wasn't necessarily taking the training that seriously. I, I think I was, I'm pretty sure I was only doing maybe two, three, two to three runs max per week. And that would be like a long run on a weekend plus one or two shorter runs during the week. Uh, so there's no like specific training plan in place. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I seriously battled through that that race uh, come come race day. Uh, it was one of the most painful challenges that I've, at that point that I'd actually been on. So it was my first first marathon. Yeah, completely underestimated how I'd feel the training that I should have done. But at the time, I, at the time, I didn't prioritize the training because I thought, you know what, I'm fit. I'm a I'm, I play football regularly. I've played football. I've been fit through football all my life. So oh, I'll easily be able to do a marathon. But <laughs> how how wrong was I? Um, I'm sure I there's it, so many dads that are listening that are like you know agreeing with you that their first marathon. <laughs> yeah, 100%. it was a it was a terrible experience. But well, no, it wasn't a terrible experience. It was a good experience because it obviously it, it uh, allowed me to then learn from it and you know remember that right okay next time I, I actually need to be prepared and and put a, a plan in place to to get to race day in in good shape um i was i think i got to the, like 35 kilometers and i was doing like a mile walk a mile hobble a mile walk a mile hobble uh, just to get to the finish line i was in i was in pain for a, for a few days after that but yeah that was my first that was my first marathon experience um and then moving on to being being in australia uh, got into doing half half marathons and uh, like city to surf and those type of events uh, a few trail events um, and it really sort of t- took off or my, my interest and passion really took off when I, uh, just before, uh, 2018 and I, um, I started getting involved with like half Ironman. I think I wanted to, I wanted to do a full Ironman. That was like a goal, but at the time I couldn't find a full Ironman, uh, in where, where I wanted to do it or within the time frame that I wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so at that point, I, ch- I chose to do Western uh, Western Sydney half uh, half Ironman. Um, so that was my first taste of like triathlon. That was my first triathlon. So I just yeah. sort of threw myself into that sort of, I guess, into the deep end a little bit. But I again, I always have this optimism where I'm like, yeah, I, I mean, I can do it. It's just a case of whether I can do it in a you know a good time or not, mm-hmm. like relative relative to me. Um, so I started getting to that and at that point, uh, my partner was pregnant with our daughter and, um, I think I was, it got to the point where I was like, right, okay, I'd already booked this event and then we found out that, uh, my partner was pregnant. So I was like, oh no, I probably shouldn't, I probably shouldn't start training so rigorously for, a half Ironman when there's going to be so much to do in terms of pre- preparing for the birth and looking after my partner and, you know, just, just all these sort of it, thoughts running around my head, like I wouldn't have time and need to save this money so we can buy this and do this. And then I was buying gear. Yeah. It was just all these. Yeah. Even uh-huh. just didn't want to feel bad about like, you know, all your the time spent or even money spent elsewhere where you're like, Oh, my other obligation now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a, it was a, it's strange looking back at it now. Cause uh, it was actually, sorry, my partner's called Jordana and uh, she was like, no, no, you've got, you've got to do it. Like, just, just do it. It's not, it's not a problem. You will, we'll manage, we'll figure it out and you'll, you'll get it done. And at that point, obviously I continued with it and, um, had a, my strategy in place and my plan in place to get it done. And I, I did it and that was it. And then I did another one the following year and just, it's just sort of spiraled from there, just trying mm. to um, get involved with different events. And that's, um, sorry. Yeah. No, no, that's okay. That's all right. So, so just to get the timeline kind of in order. So you, in 2017 is, 
is when you came to Australia. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So in 2018, that's when you did your first 70.3. Uh, 20, 2018, I did my first 70.3. 2018. Yep, yep. Yeah. And where where is your uh, like your daughter born within that timeline? So is it is it in 2018 or? Uh, so she was born in. So the half Ironman was uh, November 2018, and she was born in February 2019. Okay. Okay. Right. Yeah. So right in the midst of the, you know, the good time for the wife. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Getting into peak, peak oh. summer, super hot, yep. like sweaty, uncomfortable, like, can't <laughs> sleep. Yeah. It's a tough, uh, tough time, I guess. Yeah. I mean, going, going back into that then, how, how was that managing just, just trying to do your training and things? I guess it just came up to a bit of communication was key. Yeah, oh, communication massive, massive. Um, because you know, I, I am man or triathlon training or any any form of endurance training. You, you can be training like six days a week, seven mm-hmm. days a week. There's always some sort of uh, training effect that's going on, whether it's a rest day or it's a you know a, a tempo session, a long run, or a cycle, or a swim. Like there's all sorts going on. So you've got to manage your time correctly, and you've got to prioritize um, to the T like what you're going to be doing on each day, when you're going to do it, you're going to do it after work, before work, you're going to wait until after dinner, who's going to cook dinner. Okay. We, we don't have any like grandparents over here because I'm from the UK and uh, Jordana's from Canada. So we don't, we also don't have help in that sense that, okay, well, grandparents can come over and help out today because I'm going to go on a cycle or that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but it was a case of yeah, communicating when I'm going to be training, when I'm going to be back, like who's doing what. Okay, can we can we go and you know pick this, pick the cot up? Right, we're going to need to go get a, a mattress. We need to go get this. We need to go get that. And it's yeah, I guess prioritizing and communicating is one of the the biggest uh, things if you're if you're a parent and you're you're managing you know your your own hobbies, your own interests alongside being a being a parent and um, your social life and alongside work and then obviously with your partner's uh, interests and their their hobbies as well in mind that right well Jordana still wants to go to yoga I want to cycle so which day we're doing it on who's doing it when like how we're gonna how we're gonna manage that Mm, yeah absolutely otherwise it's just none of it's gonna get done right yeah, exactly. So, what was it? What was the reason you came, like, from the UK? What What was the reason to come to Australia? To seek seek uh, opportunity, um, and you know, I spent I spent a lot of my life, uh, a lot of my childhood, early adulthood, playing football, and that often um, held me back from traveling, for example, or see just seeing other opportunities outside of football, because I was always in that sort of tunnel vision, like mm-hmm. fo- footballing world where um, it's like you're fixated on, right, that's, that's my identity. I'm a footballer. So I need to still be playing semi-professional football. And it took, it took, um, it was a big decision to stop playing football because obviously I'd played so long and it had been such a, such an impactful part of my life. And you know, for my family as well, growing up, my parents obviously taking me to training multiple mm-hmm. days a week and games all over the country, like traveling, to then sort of say to my parents, right, okay, I'm going to step away from football now. That's like, it's an end of an era. Like you've, you've grown up with it for so long. It's part of your parents' identity as well and what your parents have done like for your, you know, the majority of your life at that point. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a tough tough decision to to step away from it and um but the, yeah the, the biggest reason to come to australia was to find opportunity and just do something a bit a bit exciting a bit more exciting and uh see different places meet new people uh, experience different things and just enjoy myself for a little bit and i was always as a as a football obviously you're limited to what you can do because you've got to be in peak fitness you've got to be um a bit of a role model type of thing and you don't like I, I'm always I was always pretty professional in what I, what I do. So I, I didn't you know, I didn't really drink very often, mm-hmm. didn't, didn't go out that often um, and always took it pretty seriously. So I just wanted to step back and enjoy myself for a bit in, in other areas of life as opposed to, um, yeah, being 
too serious with what I was doing all the time. I think, I, I don't know if I'm articulating that correctly. But yeah, absolutely. You just, it's like, you, it's not that you didn't want to be active or anything. It's just like, you just needed to, to get away from a tunnel vision type focus. Yeah. Yeah. So how does that, how does that look into then, I guess you've transitioned to that into your triathlons immediately, right? Like going, <laughs> coming, coming over to Australia and, and digging straight into that. Is that, is that kind of catering, I guess, for the, the lack of soccer in your life these days? Yeah, exactly. So I think that's one of the, one of the biggest reasons I, I take part in these events. And it's kind of, you've got to dig, I feel like you've got to dig, dig pretty deeply into, um, into why you want to do things. And one of the biggest things for me in terms of taking part in endurance events and competing in that sense is because at, at one stage I was a professional athlete mm-hmm. and all of a sudden that was taken away from me just from with a snap of the fingers, mm-hmm. um, click of the fingers, sorry. Um, and to, that was, that was a, a very disappointing uh, time in my life at that, at that point. Um, not to the, not to the point where I was like depressed or anything like that, but to the point where I was, I was a bit, I was well, extremely disappointed that I'd got myself into that position that a lot of kids dream of um growing up and then you know it's it doesn't come to fruition and I didn't um go on that journey in a career um in in football which I was hoping for as a kid that Mm -hmm. again that you dream of um so that was yeah very disappointing I think I I, I, by doing these endurance events I'm also I'm testing myself again at that kind of level that can emulate uh, the fulfillment that I used to get from playing football. Yes. If that, if that makes sense. Absolutely. But the, I guess potentially because it's in your control, you get to kind of dictate the balance of that now. Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. And it, I, I, I always had, I always had this feeling that, or often had a feeling that I was always better. Um, like, or I would have been better if I was uh, competing as an individual athlete as opposed to in a team sport, if that makes sense. Not that, <laughs> yeah. of, of, of course, like, of course, um, being part of a team is a, and um, having that sort of teamwork skills is a, is a great skill to have being part of a team and being a, being a leader. But I just thought if I could, if I could only blame myself for anything that went wrong, like that, I'd be, I think I'd be better in that sort of situation. And, Obviously, I I have a coach myself, Matty Abel, uh, and uh, of of course you work as a team to get yourself to the to the to race day in peak um, condition, as I do with my athletes myself. Um, but it's not, yeah. I, I, so I'm trying to I'm trying to articulate it properly, but it's uh, it's not quite working out. I don't think. It's just <laughs> no, I just right. find it. I just yeah. It's good to be able to just rely on myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, to get the training done because it's not up to my coach to for me to get it done he's prescribing it he's putting the plan in place but it's actually it's up to me whether I perform on race day or not it's mm-hmm. not up to it's not up to anybody else and I, I I quite like that that's that's how it is type of thing yeah absolutely it's 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 a lot more in your control both emotionally and physically I guess yeah yeah so do you so where did you make the transition? Are you still doing triathlons, Ironmans, or did you make a transition to kind of solely focus on running for a particular reason? Or yeah, I'd, well, I was doing the, I was doing Ironmans, and I I was doing all right, but I I just felt like um, I, I felt like I was a far better runner than I was a cyclist and a and a swimmer, and that's not to say that's not to say I wasn't like strong in those disciplines I just felt like I had more to give in the in the running sense than I did in the others and I've I've, I've always wanted to do a, an ultra um since since I got into triathlon really because it's just it's super inspiring to watch you know you get into those rabbit holes of watching YouTube videos of ultra marathon <laughs> events and it's all inspiring music and there's all sorts going on and the atmosphere and everything just takes you takes control of you and you, <laughs> you, you straight away you're like right I'm gonna book a 240 kilometer ultra marathon off off the bat um and I just yeah I was just um I just thought I, I got into a few different trail races and I was coming in pretty good positions, like considering I wasn't necessarily 
training that specifically for the for these races. Okay. And I just I just thought, okay, I'm in a pretty good spot here. How about what about if I actually train specifically for these individual races and see where I get? And it just sort of snowballed from there, really. And I just got into different races, did a little bit better, a little bit better the next one, and so on and so on. And I just, yeah, and I got into focusing more, more solely on the, the running aspect. Yeah, awesome. I guess that helps with time time as well, having a little one. Yeah, that's that was another thing. Yeah, and it just eliminates, like, having to, like, small, like, time is so crucial as a, as a parent. Yeah. It's, it's untrue, and I know that will resonate with a lot of people, but even just getting, like, the time spent getting to the swimming pool and getting back is so important because that adds potentially an extra hour onto your day of just travel time, getting to a different venue mm-hmm. and then like long cycles on a weekend of, you know, four hours plus or whatever. Um, and now that's not obviously the ultra um, training sessions are often four hours and, you know, there's still got, you still got a lot of long runs going on training for ultras, but Add, add that onto running and swimming. There's just a lot, a lot more t- time spent uh, away from the family, and that's it's crucial time as well. Because I also want to spend a lot of time with the family. Like it's not like I'm using that time to get away. Mm. It's like I want to spend time with my daughter. I don't want to like we. <clears throat> excuse me. Um, like we sit down and have dinner every night, for example, at the table. That's a, that's a massive part of our uh, family, um, I, I guess, day-to-day structure is that we have dinner. We always have dinner together. You know, we put uh, give Dora a bath and then uh, one of us puts her to bed and that's part of our daily routine. And I know that's, you know, you've got to not necessarily sacrifice um, that sometimes, but... Um, I guess you've got to prioritize your training sometimes around that. And okay, one night, uh, like I've, I've got track nights on a on a Tuesday, so I miss I miss sort of dinner time on a Tuesday. But um, the majority of the time, you know, I want to be there for dinner times, and those little things really matter. So if I'm having to swim and bike and run, that sort of managing that time um, is a little bit harder alongside then work and social life and everything else. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess that also coincides with your your chances of improving um, if you're honing in on particularly one discipline as opposed, as opposed to three disciplines as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then sounds sounds like you've got like you've obviously got a very competitive nature about you just with your background in soccer and you yeah. know, an actual professional athletes. You're you've got something in the back of your head that you probably like to yeah, not just do these things, but also do them to the best of your ability. And I guess that by transitioning from a three-based sport to a one-based sport, maybe maybe the time is still allocated, but at least it allows you to hone in on that and be very specific. I can see why you do that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I don't want to do things by half. Right? I'm not. I'm not just doing it to to take part and you know just cross the finish line. And I'll. I want to put everything into it. Like yeah. with with UTA. The, the goal wasn't to just finish in a sense. I, I wanted to achieve a specific time and I want to compete against myself. Right. Okay. Next time I'm going to do it in this time and so on and so on. Um, so yeah, it's a, yeah, very, very competitive. I always want to do well. I don't just want to go through the motions and, yeah. and just do it. Yeah. Which I guess goes, goes in the challenge of then obviously being a father. So was the UTA, the ultra trail Australia that was this year? Yeah, that was in May this year. Yeah. What, what, um, like, is that, I'm guessing, is that one of your, your, like, kind of pinnacle races that you've either done or, like, besides the marathon that you hated when you did it in 2017? But, you, you know, <laughs> was there, a, was there another run, like, after you got out of triathlons in the 70.3, were there other kind of PB runs or trail runs that you kind of really amped up for, or is this UTA kind of been a bit of a, a bit of a highlight? Uh, UTA is yeah, UTA is the highlight. I've I've done a few different trail races into um, the Sydney Trail Series, um, but then as soon as I so I finished my second uh, Ironman seventy point three in November twenty nineteen, but then obviously twenty twenty came round and races got cancelled etc. So it's been you know that I had 
I had Sydney half last year, Sydney marathon, um, a few trail races cancelled last year. Um, the half I, I entered into another half Ironman last year, Port Macquarie, but that got cancelled. So there's a, it's been a, a bit of a, a bad time for me to, to specifically get into running, I guess, in terms of um, official races. Yes. So, so with the with the UTA, then, like, what did your what did your what would a normal lead up look like for that? Um, well, I guess it was something new for you as well, so you're probably learning along the way. But you you said you've got a coach, Maddie. Yeah. Um, is that like is that kind of how you reached out to Maddie? Is that why you did, or you were already coaching with him prior to that? No, I reached out to Matty. Um, I, I can't remember where. I think I think it was like a referral through a friend or I'd seen him on Instagram or something along those lines. Uh, but I'd, I'd, you know, I've never done an ultra before. I want to, I want to learn in the sense of um, multiple aspects of training because, you know, I've never done an ultra before. So um, learning about how to, how to train specifically for an ultra and also for UTA hundred, because that's a, you could do a, a flat trail ultra or you can do uh, an ultra with, you know, four and a half thousand meters of elevation and it's a completely different race. So you've got to, <laughs> there's a, there's a big learning curve there between doing and, and also from doing a, you know, an 11 K trail to doing a 50 K and so on. And there's so many different variables that are going to um, mean that you need to adapt training accordingly to that specific race. Like it's no point doing a, a marathon training program that's, that's designed for a super, right. super flat course and then come come race day or oh, well actually you've got 300 meters of elevation across the course so you know you need to train specifically for those individual races as opposed to a generic uh, program that doesn't necessarily suit uh, what you're what you're aiming for yeah absolutely so okay that's awesome that leads us into then what does that actually training look like? Like how do you balance, you know, a typical week day to get, to get the specificity that you need for the UTA. So not only is the distance already ridiculous, a hundred kilometers, but you're talking obviously through the mountains. Yeah. Um, what, how do you structure that when you've got a little one and yeah, what does a, what does a typical week look like? Okay. Um, I'll, I'll try and, I'll try and describe <laughs> this properly. Um, so running, Running sessions, um, typically four per week. Um, let's let's say minimum sixty minutes, uh, maximum. You know that's your that's your long trail run on a on a weekend, which would go. I think our longest our longest trail run was forty kilometers, um, and that would be roughly like four hours ish. Mm-hmm. Um, excuse me. <clears throat> You got a tickle in my throat. You're right. Um, so four runs per week. Let's let's say Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday, and then strength on Monday and Wednesday with rest days uh, on a Friday. Mm-hmm. So would then, you? So would you pr- predict those rest days in advance? Like you'd know what the routine. Like most weeks would flow relatively the same. Uh, yeah, exactly. So rest days would always be the same day um, of the week. So that's this one one of the beauties of having a program, and this this is me plugging coaching, right? Is that you don't you don't really have to think about anything. You're not thinking day to day like what you're going to do and managing that around your family life. Mm-hmm. You you all you have to do is literally you're looking at your program. All right, I'm going to do that tomorrow, and I'm going to do it on. I'm going to do it 4 p.m. or whatever it is after work, before work. I'm going to get up before before everybody else gets up. I'm going to get it done back in time for breakfast. Like you can you can plan so far ahead that you don't even have to think about it, and you don't have to plan each session as you go. You don't have to decide what you're going to do day to day. It just makes training more purposeful, and you save so much time by not having to think so much. And just going out, getting the session done, and getting back, and that's that's it, all done. That is so um, true. And like there's so many interviews that we've just done now that that are, I would say, seventy, eighty to eighty percent of the dads have coaches, which I actually wasn't expecting, and um, and they say the same sort of thing, and it kind of comes back to it seems like it reduces decision fatigue, you know, like even regardless yeah. of the modality of 
which coach you choose and you know this person does this and all that sort of stuff but it's like almost that uh like that hawthorne effect right like that improvement via management um kind of like if you've got a plan in front of you you're probably more not bulletproof but like you said you know it reduces any chances of kind of wavering off because you've got something there yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. it helps massively just just with structure because then you can structure your week around that as well right so you can say okay right we were were getting to the point where obviously i was we were we were going off to the blue mountains um for the like the four to four to five weeks prior to race day mm-hmm. just to get used to the course and you know, familiarize yourself with what's what's coming up um ar- along the along the way because obviously 100k is a blooming long way to to um endure anything <laughs> um so it was a case of okay jordana for the next couple of weekends every saturday morning i'm going to be going off to the blue mountains at around 5 a.m and i'm going to be back at 12 and that's that's what that's what we're doing. Okay, great. As soon as I get back, Jordana's obviously been with Lily all morning. Okay, now it's my, now it's my t- turn to sort of take over for a bit and give Jordana a rest and and uh, let her do her thing, whether that's yoga or if she's going to see going to see friends or she just needs a, a rest. Mm-hmm. Um, it goes goes back again to you know, we, like I said before, we don't have grandparents here, so look kind of looking after one another and looking after each other's needs and. You know, mental health as well around, it can be pretty exhausting being a parent and it's, uh, you know, we need, we need that rest just away from, not that we don't, you know, love Lily to bits, but it's, we still need a rest, you know, like, you, mm-hmm. um, it's a, yeah, it can be very exhausting sometimes. So, so being able to plan ahead and say, look, okay, these are what weekends are going to look like. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll manage that around this and we'll, we'll go here in the afternoon instead of morning and so on and so on. Um, it, it certainly, yeah, it allows you to structure, structure family family life around training and everything else that's going on. And does and what I guess probably a question for you then is what happens when when you know shit hits the fan and you kind of things aren't as aren't as ideal as like right like following a program right like and we all know that's what life is like we have all. Like again, eighty percent of people that we've been interviewing have programs, but at the same time we there's life that can come out of nowhere and yeah. kind of, and a lot of people listening would kind of go, you know, it's not as perfect <clears throat> as a program. How do you kind of go about the, the adaptiveness of a program that you've been set? Like a lot of dads, and I think I struggle with this quite a fair bit as well. You set like yourself a plan, you set yourself a program or however that looks. And you look at your structure of your week, you talk to your wife, you know, you, the kids know what they're doing, but then kids get sick. Maybe you get sick because of daycare. Like, how do yep. you, how do you deal with that either emotionally or how do you adapt your timeline? Yeah, no, that's a really, really good question. <laughs> um, and it's a good, good point you make about daycare because we've definitely been hit with a few bugs from daycare <laughs> over the past couple of years, which have uh, knocked us for six a little bit. Um, but yeah, uh, I guess one of the biggest things for me, and now I, I get, I get pretty frustrated when, you know, you've had a sleepless night or you're a bit ill because you uh, the daycare has given you a bit of a bug. Um, but I can, I, I, I try to just straight immediately take a couple of days off training. Uh, that's one of my biggest things. If I can feel that I'm getting a little bit unwell, like a bit of a cold or, you know, a bit of sickness in the stomach or whatever, even if, even if I'm not actually unwell, I can just feel it coming on. I immediately take a couple of days off and I just have a rest. I get plenty of sleep. Um, whether that means going to, going to bed earlier, getting up later, just just resting, um, not exerting myself, because uh, as I just said a few minutes ago, like being a parent can be extremely exhausting. You, you do get a lack of sleep. You know, you're running around all the time. Your mind never really stops because you're always watching them, whether they're going in a drawer or they're pulling on some blinds or they're running around the house and, you know, they're going to break a glass or something like that. I don't know. Uh, your, ne- your mind never stops so you've got to um that break and you know if that means skipping a session to allow yourself to have that rest then i'm 100 percent for that you've got to balance it properly and look after yourself because you're putting your you're putting your body under a lot of stress and you you're demanding a lot of your body when you're training for these events so it's important that when you when you do feel a little bit off just don't worry about it and just take a bit of a 
uh, yeah, just take a, a bit of a rest. And I'm the I'm the first one to say that I'll I'll I get frustrated when I can't train and uh, when I do get ill or I do have a, a sleepless night. Last night I had a sleepless night. Mm-hmm. I ended up I had to I had to stay in bed a little bit longer this morning because uh, Lily was up and she was she was screaming for mummy, but so she she doesn't want me. <laughs> but it, but, it, but it, was, it was my turn to get up. We we alternate we alternate nights, so I'll I'll put her to bed and get up with her in the night if she if she gets up. Um, so it was my turn, so I had to console her, but she just screaming, screaming, screaming for mummy. It's just it's one of the the most painful things ever. And then she won't go back to sleep straight away, and then she's kicking me in the middle of the night, and she's smacking my head, but she's asleep, so obviously she she, she doesn't know she's doing it. But it's, it's just like you just. Yeah, you just have those. You have those nights, and I'm like, right, I'm just gonna sleep in for a little bit extra today. Mm-hmm. I got up, I got up, I went for a. Um, Jordana took Lily to daycare, and I went down to the beach and had a jump in the ocean to sort of just give myself a bit of a smack in the face to wake me up a little bit. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then I got on with my day and started started with my work. Um, so I think it's just yeah, managing managing it properly and just looking after look look after yourself you've got to look after yourself first and foremost it's like that old that phrase of is it a phrase i'm not sure but putting your own mask on for if the plane's going down put your own mask on first so you can help everybody else mm-hmm. second and help everybody else second because if you if you're helping everybody else you're not helping yourself um yeah, very yeah, true. You, you've got to yeah look after yourself first and you'll <laughs> i think uh yeah you'll do a good job I, how do you uh, like obviously being in the either the fitness industry or the kind of performance industry in regards to sports and stuff like yeah there's a lot of information out there with this the typical stigma of like no pain no gain like you're you know you, you got to work for it and all that sort of stuff right like and obviously there's a component where the work does need to get done do you find that it kind of enters into your mind where you're like what's you know, you feel bad about pulling back, like like you need to pull back. Obviously, if you're sick, but you ever kind of get caught up in the in that push, 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 and really struggle to actually pull back. Or you you find have you always been okay to take a couple of days off when you've been sick? Yeah, um, I th- I think I've I've worked towards understanding my own body and my own uh, yeah my own wellness in a sense that. I know that I can afford to take a couple of days off and I won't mm-hmm. lose. I won't, I'm not going to lose fitness just from taking a couple of days off. It's not going to set me back uh, too much. I, I, I had a, um, a couple of days off just a, a couple of weeks ago. I'm currently training for Sydney Marathon. Mm-hmm. Um, so tra- training's ramping up quite significantly, but I was supposed to have a five, five kilometer benchmark test a couple of weeks ago. But I just said to Maddie, um, look, I'm going to have to take, I'm taking Wednesday and Thursday off. I'm going to miss the 5K benchmark. And it was fine. I was back back to it on Friday. I had a rest, obviously rest day is a Friday, and then back to long run on on Saturday. And I was I was fine. Is and then I've just done my benchmark this past um, this past Saturday. Just gone instead. So it's just about moving training around. It's it's really unrealistic to to expect training to go to plan every single week. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, you just got to. Sorry, I've lost. <laughs> no, that's okay. I think it's, I think I've gone into a different hole there. No, it's fantastic. I think it's just going around and talking about, like, obviously how stress can actually impact, and and I think there's a lot of dads out there, and I was a dad like this that forgot, didn't understand it really. Is you know, training itself is is a stress. You know, we yeah. typically look at it as a bit of a. It can be a stress release to some degree, but it's also causing more stress and if we're if we're sick and you know body needs rest it to pull out the no pain no gain kind of stigma is actually not necessarily as productive as you could be yeah yeah i mean no pain no gain it's that i mean typically or historically that would assume that every day you need to go and smash a workout and you need to be exhausted after your workout and that's that's that like no pain no gain sort of mentality but with with running it's comp you know you need to you need to look after your body. You need allow you need to allow your body to adapt and recover from previously harder training sessions. So, for example, say my interval sessions on a on a Thursday, I need to recover pretty well before uh, my long run on a Saturday and endure or a tempo run, whatever that may be, to be able to maximize the output in those sessions, mm-hmm. so that my body can then adapt 
in future weeks to for me to become a stronger athlete because if i'm just pounding my body every day every single day then it's my body's just going to be breaking down every single day and it doesn't have that opportunity to develop and recover and come back stronger so if you're yeah that's that's why the, the training process for any endurance event or running event uh, specifically uh you know, you, you've got your easy runs, you've got your interval sessions, you've got your long run, your tempo, your hill runs, your strides, your strength work, because it all, you know, you've got some nice, easy sessions that you can enjoy. And then the, the harder sessions are going to really like develop your VO2 max, for example, or you, uh, and, and push you to your limits so that you can actually um, make those improvements. And, you know, you want it to essentially become a stronger, faster runner. So you need to do those faster, harder sessions to be able to get you to that point. But you also need to do the recovery, easy running to allow your body to adapt to those harder, mm. faster sessions and um, yeah, get, you to, get yourself to race day in peak condition. Well, absolutely. And I guess like, it all comes down to context, right? And I guess that's why you, you probably enjoy having a timeline like an event. And most people listening to this are either training, either running, cycling, swimming, or doing all three with <laughs> triathlons and Ironmans, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, having that timeline actually helps, I guess, because it can change that context. It's not just like you're on a rabbit wheel where you're just going around and around and around. As as your timeline changes, your context changes, so you can't just keep beating yourself up. Yeah, exactly. And that comes with the structure as well of the the whole training, the whole training program, as opposed to like just week to week, because you've got your base building, building the foundations, and then you're building and you're maintaining, you're tapering. And each session is purposeful in its own right in the sense that there's a like i said there's a purpose to each individual session that's going to get you to race day in uh, in peak condition um so yeah it allows you to enjoy some sessions and have the bit of anxiety around other sessions because <laughs> it's going to be a tough hard workout that's gonna you know really push you push your limits um and it, yeah you can circle around on that and not necessarily have to feel too much pressure on every single to perform on every single session. Cause you know that, okay, this is going to be easy. That's going to be hard. That's going to mm-hmm. be a bit longer. Uh, I've got strength work tomorrow. So that's going to be a bit less intense. Like, yeah. I think there's, I think that's such a, a great, great thing that you're kind of exposing here. Cause it's, it's so true is I, consistency everyone's like oh you got to be consistent got to be consistent but staying consistent is also listening to the body and not necessarily pounding it each each time and i guess having a plan you know knowing when your hard sessions are and when your easy sessions are like your your mentality can kind of go up and down with those expectations yeah definitely um yeah it's, it's i think a lot of people's perception of training for a marathon is that it's going to be super hard they're not going to be able to manage it um you know they're going to be tired and exhausted all the time and it's super serious but actually you know there's a there's obviously a method to it and a strategy that you you put in place but it's it's more than manageable if it's done correctly and you've got good structure and you like you say you communicate with people around you to know exactly what you're doing Mm -hmm. and you you prioritize correctly um yeah it's like i i everyone can run a marathon anyone can run a marathon it's just whether or not you actually want to do it and you want to put in the time and the effort into achieving it yeah absolutely and it does it does like you said the effort and time it's it is required regardless of the modality of of the way that you go about the marathon yeah um have you you know going through like obviously this massive achievement that you've just finished the UTA like and um, sounds and you've already mentioned that you've got some things coming up this is obviously a lifestyle that you live have you had any moments where like maybe not when you're a professional athlete in the soccer realm maybe when you've come to Australia and you got into your Ironmans and now you're running like has your health has your health improved? Has your health ever taken a hit? Like, you know, more of that health kind of side of things. Like, I don't know, do you, do you work particularly on like your nutrition to keep your body kind of either recovered or supporting the training and all those sorts of things? Like, have you really struggled with a lot of health or have you found that like, because you've been active very consistently, sounds like basically your whole life that you've, that you've found relative, relatively good health most of the time. Yeah. Um, good question. Um, 
I'm really sorry, but this is probably going to be a really boring answer. No, that's but, okay. But I've because I've always been not blowing my own trumpet, but I've I've always been fit. I've always been healthy. I've always played sport. I've always kept myself fit. It's always been a massive part of my life. So I've never been in a position where, oh no, I've been I'm over I'm overweight. I, I need mm-hmm. to lose a bit of weight. I need to do this. Um, I've always I've always been pretty healthy, and I know that's that sounds a bit boring but it's just it's just it's been such a massive part of my life that it's never I've just never really been in that position yeah but um, I think that's also a testimony to like you've been doing how, how old are you 28 28 like you've been doing this for quite some time now and just going just you know to, not to press on it too much but like your ability to actually listen to your body and stop when you're sick like just a little reason like that and it seems to be correlating with a lot of dads is you listening on that micro level like you can you're very consistent you just don't stop you're not burnt out you know and, and it could be those little moments where you're like oh i could train today and push myself through this or i could actually just go you know what don't worry i'm not going to lose fitness over a couple of days i'll get back to it when i feel good yeah exactly and like i go back to the point of i'm always running around i'm always on my feet because of my daughter we're always at a park for example like what what dad doesn't go to multiple parks in one day like i'm not i'm not too sure i think we've we've overstayed our welcome at every single park in bondi like since since she was born um we're, <laughs> That's always, fantastic. we're always on the move <laughs> we're always on the move like it, it's just i i just find it quite uh i enjoy having the rest mm-hmm. um and i think it's like i, I balance it well in the sense that like, I know when my rest days are coming up so I'm going to enjoy it and I know when I've got a deload or recovery week so I'm going to look forward to that recovery week because I've had some really tough sessions and I I, I, um, I take advantage of it and I you know I do rest I do sit mm-hmm. <laughs> I do I do stay in bed a little bit longer and I do try and go to bed earlier um, because I know how much how important that is Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm sort of looking, I'm always looking sort of forward in a sense um, that I know that right, okay, it's my turn to it's my turn to get up with Lily and put her to bed tomorrow night. So tonight I'm going to go to bed a little bit earlier. Um, I might get up a little bit later or just relax a little bit more in the morning, uh, just in case I get less sleep like the following night. If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So I just, I just, uh, I think I, yeah, I embrace, I embrace the the rest periods that I do get because I know that I work hard and I, I, I put in the effort to to warrant having those rest days if if I need it and when I need it. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Absolutely. So you, <laughs> you're, I think it's absolutely fantastic the way that you've just kind of, I don't know, you're very intuitive. It sounds right. Like, but then I guess your intuition is also you keep pressing on the fact that like it's because I keep scheduling and I put structure around what I'm actually doing. And then in the moments you're very adaptive. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah. And, it, uh, and I think that, yeah, it's, uh, it comes to, it comes to prioritizing correctly as well. Cause I don't, like, I can't remember the last time I had a drink, put it that way. Not that, not that I'm against drinking or anything. I just don't, I don't want to spend my time, drinking and that's also going to impact my performance um i don't like i don't (laughs) this is also going to sound boring but we don't go out for dinners and stuff that often because Mm -hmm. it's like we we again we don't have grandparents here and we don't want to necessarily ask friends all the time to um you know look after lily or put to bed or whatever so we can go out although we should do because it's it'll be good for our uh mental health etc as parents um but it's I prioritize family, like my work and coaching uh, and training and then social. Um, and I just feel like, to be honest, as parents, like weeks fly by. Hmm. Um, I, 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 I often wonder right now, like how my parents must feel, how, how time has flown by since like I was a kid, for example, and my dad was taking me to football and this and that. And I just, and I think, okay, if I, if I get to like my parents' age, will I, will I think, okay, maybe I should have done a bit more in terms of competing at a a good level uh, in endurance sports and should I have done more? Should could I have got involved with more events? And I sort of use that as fuel to be like, okay, no, 
like I'm prioritizing my training, I'm prioritizing my coaching. I want to develop a, you know, I want to develop other athletes with that, with like, with my mindset type of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, I want to be part of a, a massive part of Lily's life, and family is massively important to me. Um, so I, I, you know, I want to spend as much time with them. So those are the things that I prioritize, and uh, that's just that's just how I operate. So I don't like I don't waste time doing things that I don't want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you know, I have more time to spend training or recovering and doing this and that. Well, yeah, you're not taking kind of two steps forward with your training and then one step back with a with a negative lifestyle. Um, yes, yeah. it's it's encompassing everything, and you know, like having kids myself, it's like my. It just sounds like kind of funny that you said that because we're kind of a bit the same, right? Like we double down on we don't go out to dinner. I mean, especially with COVID, but we don't go out to yeah. dinner and all those sorts of things. Like we. And I just think it means that, like, that we have more time with the kids. Like, that's why we had kids in the first place is to spend time with them, not to get rid of them and, you know, go out on our own and all those sorts of things. I think it just encompasses, like, the health, performance. Like, you can actually have it all. Like, you're just another example of that, Um, you know, especially for dads really trying to clutch at getting their health and or even the ones really gunning down extra performance. It's 100% possible but you you just there are some sort of sacrifices that might be made and maybe alcohol is one of those things or yeah exactly you know, i can yeah go no go um I'll, I'll just say like the the word sacrifice is kind of like um I don't know, to, to me it comes across quite negative and i don't think it's about sacrificing anything i think it's just about prioritizing the things that you enjoy doing and things that you want to do mm. like it's um like, of course, like, I, I understand the terminology, but it's, um, I think it can sound uh, quite negative in a sense. I'm not saying, I'm also not saying like that parents shouldn't go out to dinner and you, like, you I know what you mean. You shouldn't, yeah. go, you shouldn't go drinking and stuff. And I know that that will sound uh, pretty boring to a lot of people, but that's just, you know, you've got to think about yourself. I'm not, I'm not interested in, you know, pleasing everybody else for, for the sake of my, uh, well-being in my interests and what I want to do that's yeah. just that's just what I do <laughs> yeah no absolutely and I think like you're just leading by example you're you're like this is how I want it to be and that's what I want and that's the you know that's the life that you're living and I think that yeah. encompasses like why why you've been able to maintain your health for so long and and while having such high performance as well do you so with your with your coaching is this something that you're doing full-time what does your coaching actually look like yeah coaching is on online um i do have the physical uh track group uh every tuesday at seven o'clock uh, at es marks mm-hmm. uh kensington uh but my coaching is all online uh, i use a platform called training peaks to analyze uh performance data um through sort of syncing with like your garmins and sunto watches etc yeah uh but yeah, everything everything's online. I provide video video feedback weekly to my clients, uh, and people are training from you know training for events from like uh, half marathons, marathons, ultras, um, a few that were cancelled over the past couple of weeks, and uh, um, yeah, all the, a range of a range of events. That's fantastic, and all very obviously involved in the endurance endeavors right <laughs> exactly yeah 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 <laughs> what a, that's awesome what a life to live hey <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, you're over at the beaches is that correct uh exactly yeah oh fantastic well you were mentioning bondi there for a fair bit no wonder there's yeah, yeah. lots of running over there there's yeah exactly they're yeah, very but but, bondi. Yeah, okay right okay we'll smack bang in the middle of it no wonder everyone's training <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah yeah so um, what's what's coming up next then what, what have you like are you gonna is uta something like all this ultra running or trail running something that you're gunning down or you're going to head back into more of the road based type running yeah so i've got sydney marathon uh in september um, I've actually got a, an event called Red Bull Defiance, which is in uh, at the end of August. Oh, yeah. uh, but I'm, I want to use that as a bit of a different experience. Like enjoy enjoy that that race. It's very unknown territory, so uh, it's not it's not a key race for me. It's more just like a bit bit of fun. It's still Ooh. gonna be it's still gonna be tough. Obviously. What is it? What is that race? Um, Red Bull Defiance. It's an adventure uh, adventure race over two days up at Mission Beach. 
<laughs> that sounds yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be cool. I, I want to experience it. Like I don't. Um, I think that's another thing is experiencing these types of events, whether it's a marathon that you've never done before, or um, an adventure race, or an ultra in the mountains somewhere. It's just such a fulfilling experience, mm-hmm. um, regardless of the outcome. Like crossing the finish line of any endurance event makes you feel so much more fulfilled than. I'm I'm not sure what to sort of I'm not compare sure what to, to compare it to. Like I was I was gonna say like um I think there's a there's a big thing about obviously like there has been for a long time obviously but um like losing losing weight losing body fat and like doing all these workouts to try and get the best beach body and all this rubbish and I'm just like I I guess I'm coming from a bit of a a different position because I've like I said before I've never been, I've not been in a position where I've needed to lose weight or you know whatever. But I just, I just feel like people get so much more fulfillment out of crossing the line of a marathon or an ultra than they would losing a couple of kilos. Mm-hmm. And I think then you'd, you'd lose a couple of kilos on the journey to that race. Well, that's so, right. It'll correlate so well you, with it. Why don't you set yourself um, a, a tangible goal of crossing the finish line of a mad event that makes you feel great and you train hard for it over the course of you know, 12, 16, 20 weeks, whatever it is, and feel awesome afterwards and have it just leave you wanting more and just mm-hmm. going and booking the next race the, the following day. Cause you're like, everything's floating, you know, <laughs> endorphins are pumping and you're just like, yeah, let's get on the next event. <laughs> you can't get to the toilet without hobbling, but yet you're still Googling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Your fingers, fingers still work. <laughs> yeah. I'm the, as soon as UTA was over, I was like, I need to come back and, I need to come back and like better that next year. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I bet that was experience. Hey? Mm. Yeah. I mean, the, I swear during, during that race, because you're, because you're sort of, you're just in your own head, right? I didn't wear headphones or anything like that. I was like, no, I want that. I want the full experience here. I'm just going, going all in. I want to, I want to dig deep and see, see what demons come to mind. And um, I was just like, at some points I was imagining myself crossing the finish line. Yeah. And like what that would feel like, and like, <laughs> and then once it once it comes and you're running down the chute with like 15 meters to go, it's like it's the best feeling ever. It's just, more people, more people need to get involved in endurance events. That's like the the number one. I think I yeah I, I couldn't agree more with you. Like you said, like it's that it's that feeling of getting to the finish line or just that the build up, you know, the build up, it's not just the day, it's the days prior to it and the weeks prior to it with the training, the, I need to do this session so that I can do this in six weeks. It's like, it just compounds and snowballs effect into that, into that event, crossing a line over the event. I think it's absolutely fantastic. It's, it's everything that we've been talking about over like, you know, the last episodes with everyone else that's come on here as well. They're all like-minded individuals. Yeah. It's the whole, the whole process. Like people have got to, understand that you've got to enjoy like the process and yes it is going to be hard at times you're going to come across some horrible sessions that you just feel like oh my i'm just gonna i'm gonna collapse at the end of this like it's gonna be tough but you know that that time spent doing those harder sessions only lasts for so long and then you you sat on the sofa you know watching Mm -hmm. your netflix netflix show whatever you're doing it's not gonna last it's not gonna last forever but it, the pain of not doing it and not crossing that finish line to me personally is far greater than the pain that I sustain, you know, during those harder sessions week to week. Yeah, absolutely. The regret, hundred percent. Exactly. The regret, the regret for me is massive. I don't want to <laughs> put it this way. I don't want to get to um, my deathbed, whatever, whether it's in 60 years or a hundred years time and be like, Oh shit. I stopped. I stopped running when I was 28. Oh, maybe yeah. I, maybe I should have done a bit more. Yes, you know oh, I mean? that haunts me absolutely. Yeah. I just Honestly, don't, I also don't want my kids getting you know fitter than I am for a long time. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. That's that. Honestly, that's one of the biggest things I think about. That's one of my biggest reasons why I do what I do is because I don't want to get to that age and be like, oh shit, yeah. is that I, is that it? Am I am I done now? Oh, okay, yeah, maybe maybe I could have done a bit more. Yeah, honestly, that's, that's massive for me. That's massive. I'm, I'm. It's like I'm. I'm happy to say no if I don't want to do it. But if I can't do it, like if my kids ask me something and I can't do it, it's like, oh, I don't want that to happen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's it. There's some, some people I've been speaking to, um, and I've not necessarily um, 
people I know that well, but just through passing passing conversations type of thing. And like, oh no, I, I can't run because I've I've got bad knees or I've got a bad back or and I haven't been able to run for five years. And they're like, you know, in the forties or whatever, I don't know. And I'm just like, right, so what are you saying then? You're just gonna live the rest of your life without the ability to run mm-hmm. when you could do something about it, do you know, mobility work, stretching, like what what can you there's gotta be a way. Yes. There's got there's gotta be a way to to work around that and uh you know, unfortunately, there's, there's, there are many people in the world that don't have the ability to run. So it's actually a privilege to be able to do it. So if you do want to do it and you want to book a marathon or you want to do, you want to get better, then get on with it and figure, like prioritize, get some structure, hire a coach, communicate with your partner, tell them what you want to do, like decide what you want to do and just get on with it. Mm. I, I couldn't agree more. And that's half the reason why I wanted to try and start this podcast in general is to just expose information that like, hey, there's actually a lot that we can do, you know, particularly in these sports is while you're being a parent, there's, it's really possible, you yeah. know, like you, you hear kind of, oh, you wait till I'm your age, you know, you won't be able to do that. But I'm like, I'm your age now. Or, you know, when you, <laughs> when you were first talking to me saying that and I'm doing all these things. So I, I think we definitely, as dads kind of, some of us can can get caught up and i think it's there's a lot more that we could do you know yeah, and, I, and I, I think by sharing all these stories like yourself it's just another you know another notch and it's like you know okay if they can do it 100 percent. of course i can yeah. let's oh. go yeah massive and I, I, I think it's absolutely awesome that you uh that you've set this up because i mean the one of the one of the key reasons why i wanted to get into coaching um, in particular was because when I was training for those Ironmans and, um, you know, going through that process of structuring my training time, structuring my life around family and uh, Jordana being pregnant, etc. Mm-hmm. I was like, Fuck, I just, I'd love to be able to help other dads in the same position as me who feel like they can't do these things because of fatherhood, um, help those guys like get involved in these events and actually prove that they can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was really interesting when you got in touch and, and asked me to jump on because I was like, yes, this is exactly what I've been sort of looking for over this past couple of years uh, yeah. since, I, since I had those thoughts. I was like, yeah, more dads, more dads can do it and they need to, they need to get involved with it. That's uh, absolutely. And it, regardless of the way that you do it, it's just like exposing more dads doing the same sort of thing. You know, I think social media is an amazing thing like that because like, these ultra marathons, like, I don't know about you, but really until social media kind of kicked off, I had no idea that that was even a thing. <laughs> yeah, no, 100%. I, they weren't even on my radar until like, let's, yeah, a couple of years ago, I don't think, a few years ago. Yeah, and then you speaking of going down these YouTube rabbit holes, I just could not more be more aligned with the same thing, and it just does go does go down those rabbit holes, which is a, which is fantastic. And hopefully, this is a rabbit hole for a dad listening, where they're realizing that okay, wow, there are a lot of dads out there doing this. Let's get into it. Yeah, definitely, you've got to have some inspiration somewhere, um, whether that's you know a podcast, a YouTube video, one of your mates mm-hmm. doing it. You see another dad like. I speak to plenty of speak to plenty of dads. I'm sure you do too, and you know people listening to this do as well. And um, all it takes is one conversation, right, to to spark some interest or some inspiration, motivation around getting involved with running. And you know, next minute they've they've completed the first 50k ultra or whatever it is. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, mate, listen, honestly, I really, really, absolutely love having you on here. Um, I guess the last part that I wanted to ask is. You know, one, have you, have you got a, a quick particular message to the dads, you know, to better their health and performance? And then particularly also where, where is best to follow you? Cool. Um, message for dads. Uh, it's it's going to be, it's, it's always, it's always going to be hard work no matter what. Like you're going to have to manage your time around family and training, but it's, it's always possible. You've just got to, um, dig deep and figure out a route and a strategy to get you to you know where you where you want to be whether that's a you know 100k ultra or your next half marathon there's there's always a way um you just gotta figure figure it out and um, decide what you actually want to do 
A hundred percent, which is go straight back to your prioritizing structure and schedules. Uh, absolutely love it. Awesome. Yeah, so, exactly. So Insta, is it Instagram that's going to be the best place to find um, you? Or? Yeah, Instagram. My, my website is myalterathlete.com. Um, my Instagram is Greg C. Pearson and then uh, also at myalterathlete. Um, that's the, the coaching page. Greg, thank you so much for sharing your journey with us. It is so inspiring to hear your story and how you make it work as a dad while having all these massive running goals. So thank you so much for sharing. To all the dads listening in and tuning in, Fit Dads Australia podcast, thank you all so much for following on. Thank you all so much for tuning in this far through the episode. And I'm sure that you are in agreement when we say that was an absolutely outstanding episode. Thanks to Greg. Guys, don't forget to follow Greg on Instagram. Head over to his website. All of the links that you need for Greg is down below in the show notes. Otherwise, guys, I think it's time for us to close out here. Don't forget to follow, subscribe, share, and like this episode if you enjoyed it as much as I did. Thanks, Fit Dads. Remember, health and performance, not one without the other.